Hi, Chris. Hello, Rob. Welcome to the 10-Minute Design Chat. Thank you very much, mate. Today, let's talk about the deck. Last week we talked about drawing a card, but where are you drawing your cards from? Where are you getting them from, Chris? I hadn't thought about that. You hadn't thought about it. I just said, I did. Have you got them in your sleeves? Have you got them in your pants? Are you materialising them with your wizard powers? I like to think the latter. Mm, well, I've got news for you. I think we should be manning the sails. Wiggle the jib. Tighten the mainsail. Tighten your bootstraps. Water the parrot uh, and hit the deck because it's all hands on deck. Uh, as this week, we're going to talk about the deck of cards. <laughs> of course. A fine plunder of cards. I'm glad that Pirate Rob is back. Does Pirate Rob have another name? Because Pirate Rob, I'm not going to lie, is not the most pirate name I've ever heard. Robert Shanty. Robert Shanty. That's awful. I'm sorry. Robert Shanty sounds like he was in like a mid-70s pop electric new romantic kind of band i really need to hit the deck this is this is getting off the rails we're going off we're going off course meaty (laughs) there's nothing on this map (laughs) we haven't even left the port (laughs) right then moving it uh promptly back into its uh berth in the harbor rob we're going to move on to this week's alien test now last week you set me the the task of naming as many games as you can that use drawing cards as a mechanism This week, I raise you, sir, to name in 30 seconds as many games as you can, which use, dun dun dun, a deck of cards. No time to think. Go. Uh, Poker, uh, Friday, Quacks of Quedlingburg. Yes. That's got it twice now. Pandemic, uh, (laughs) Mage Knight, uh, Gloomhaven. Some recurring games here, I know. Uh, bloody hell. Uh... You're up to six, and I got up to seven. <laughs> oh, crap! Token Come on! Psychic. Viticulture. Um, uh... He's just looking around for games in his room now. That's not the way it works. Seventh continent. Um, point salad. I'm going to I'm gonna stop you there. I think that was nine. Um, so, unfortunately, you did beat me. But frankly, I think you had an easier job than me. But I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I mean, uh, it's really hard to pick up the spot of... Card, card games that contain a deck of cards. <laughs> I mean, any game that uses a deck of cards, as in a, you know, deck of cards, I, could yeah. be included. But as I say, I, I know the pressure. <laughs> any, this is, that's, I mean, your statement is true and I bow my head in shame. <laughs> Tell me, Rob, last time when we talked about card draw, we kind of had a bit of a breakdown about, as a sub-mechanism, which we're now coining as a term. Yeah. Card draw had certain sub-sub-mechanism parts to it. So what's the sub-sub-sections of the card deck? What's the skinny? What's the breakdown? I feel like there needs to be like a little jingle. It's like, the breakdown. Yeah, well, we wanted to... We had a little ponder on this. We want to try and take a really common uh, thing that I feel like people just overlook. We do. I mean, I, 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 when we try to break this down, we're like, actually, like thinking about this, there are so many little bits to change. But we want to take a, a sort of really standard mechanic that you might have forgotten about, and we want to break it down to its little bits. So we thought... What better deck of cards than your bog standard, your classic, your 52, maybe 54 if this joke is, set of playing cards. 
Uh, we're using the, as I found out, the French deck of cards, which is what most people use. But there's poker, there's bridge. They're all the same. They have their suits and stuff. So when we've got a deck of cards, uh, imagine I've slammed this deck of cards in the front of us and uh, we're playing something a game like poker. Like, there are three three keywords, three key points that we thought kind of say, how did that deck of cards, before we play the game, get set up in front of us? So we're talking about, first of all, we call this one the size. So we have 54 cards in this deck. And when we then go to the placement, we are going to take that 54 cards and we're going to shuffle them together face down. And then finally, the last part, which is what we're calling access. So we're going to take the 54 cards, we're going to shuffle them together face down and to form one communal deck. So that's the breakdown of your standard card games. Obviously, that varies, but we want to take that sort of standard deck. So before you've dealt out, that's what you're going to have. Does that sound right, Chris? Yeah, sounds good to me. So size, placement, access is kind of our uh, our acronym that we're going to use. SPAR. Spa. The SPAR acronym. We're going to coin that one. So, yeah, I think this is a really good way to break it down. And I think, like we did last time, let's take each of those component parts and just see what we can do, what dials we can turn, what changes we can make to make a deck of cards feel different, which in turn will make your game feel different. So let's take it. What happens, Rob, if we just change one of these? Let's talk about size. Let's kick off with size. We said there's 54 cards, but I said at the beginning there were 52 cards in your standard deck of cards, and that's because mm. there are jokers. So do you have cards that you need to remove from the deck before you shuffle it and place it in front of you? Do you have 54 cards? Do you have 10 cards? Uh, are you playing Terraforming Mars and have a deck that requires like four people to shuffle? You know, So changing the number of cards changes you know the effects of is this if this deck was a timer that might mean you have more time it might have less time it might mean that there are more options it might mean that they're all kind of the same like two different cards but you just want to increase the player count um so increasing that is a huge element to it also with size you know this is a bit of a catch-all we said a standard set of like poker cards bridge cards whatever but what if they're tarot cards what if they're circular cards how hard are those to shuffle <laughs> yeah what are they made of are they made of soap yeah, <laughs> they're just like circular soap pucks that just like freeze me around the room. So, you know, there's in that area, there are lots of different places that you can sort of change, you know. But Chris, what about placement? So we talk about taking these cards, however many, and shuffling them together face down. There's a lots of little bits in that term. Shuffle together face down, you know. So what could we change? So the first part of that would be the shuffle, right? So is this going to be a randomised deck of cards? Are you going to get the number of cards that's dictated and you're going to mix them all up so you don't know which order they're going to come out in? Um, or is it going to be like some games where you have to construct the deck in a certain order? Perhaps you have to insert certain cards in there that will act as triggers. So I'm thinking about Pandemic where you shuffle all the cards together, but then you put outbreak cards, a certain number of outbreak cards through that deck that you don't know exactly when they're going to come out but you have a vague idea some games you have to put it in a specific order and work your way through the deck in that specific order so that would be the shuffling or the randomization or not bit it's a good point how many times are you shuffling like if the, with pandemic you know if you've got this like I, i'm pretty sure it's like you have a bunch of different cards that say this is the you know this is the bad thing happening but they will say take them out and like it could be that you put them in sort of around about a quarter of each deck or maybe you make take that deck and put it into four piles you shuffle them with that that naughty card in there and then you place them on top of each other you know and that's shuffling four decks 
Yeah. So we've said about the shuffling, the cards together or not. Um, and then we've also said that we're putting them face down in this example. But why? Why are we putting them face down? Because some games, you don't put them face down. They want to look at you. They want to show you their beautiful <laughs> faces with their beautiful artwork. Yeah. Um, and that can be another thing art's not cheap why are we why are we hiding it why are we keeping it to just one person i mean i guess like the reason that classically these games have them face down is because this has got like hidden information in the hand and you know hint, hint, nudge, nudge, that we might be talking about that soon like but the whole point is that it's so that no one else knows what's there or so that everybody doesn't know what's coming up if it's an event or anything but there's nothing stopping you putting all the cards face up so everybody kind of knows or even having it so some cards are face up you know maybe like event cards Cards. It's a normal deck of cards. You draw them into your hand, but then there are event cards, and whenever they're drawn, they're face up, so everybody can see that an event card has been drawn, and they go into a separate pile or a different deck. And part of placement as well is where you put them, of course. So you know, does it is this a personal thing where you're going to have each one, and we'll come on to this in a second. Everyone's going to have individual ones. Does it go in the centre of the table? Um, does it have to go outside on a patio table under a full moon on a Friday? <laughs> when you've just done pilates you know <laughs> that's my new game it's very that's, specific I, I love that yeah specifics is a great idea which i mean that brings us on to access in that sense so we said you know we've got our cards we've shuffled them together or put them in an order that we want to see we've put them either face down or face up and we put them into one communal deck but it doesn't have to be that way does it Chris? no it doesn't don't feel constricted by rules that don't exist rob they don't exist we make them up that's the point of game designers everything's made up blow your mind there but that's true so one communal deck that's the classic but what if that is two communal decks what if that's 20 communal decks what if that's a bunch of communal decks and a few personal decks great example is in gloomhaven how many decks of cards are in there i think pretty much all of them are face down i can't think of any necessarily that just like are place face up but there are so many different decks that some of them you draw for because they are your cards and some of them you you they're communal decks but you would draw that on your turn some of them it doesn't matter who draws them they affect everybody um and so from that perspective like having these different decks having the access to them you know another element is what about if a deck is available for some part of the game and then it becomes not available a really good example to that is in unfair which i know we've played chris yeah there's a blueprint deck and it's basically like you get these little power up sort of things like do these blueprints and you get more points but it's only available for the first half of the game and once you get to the other half uh it then you put a card on top of it that says this is out of order you can no longer use this deck so thinking about how you could tweak all of those elements is uh is a really powerful element to just see like is your deck living up to what it could do has it got the spice you know uh you know do you want to remove those jokers do you only want to use two suits you know uh, all those sort of elements, I think, add a lot to that. But we talked a lot about the sort of tweaking the knobs. You know, how can all of this sort of change the feeling of this mechanism, of the deck? You know, the deck is of itself a good thing, isn't it, Chris? Well, maybe not, Rob. Maybe not. Another shocking revelation oh my from 10MDC. <laughs> Card decks, not always a good thing. <laughs> so like we said with drawing cards the other day it's a similar vibe isn't it that actually you could have bad cards within an otherwise good deck 
Or you could have a deck that is specifically a bad deck and you have to sometimes draw from that deck and you ain't got no choice. You just <laughs> gotta do it. And the deck can be modified with those things or they could be two separate ones. It could be that you've got this bad thing or whenever you play a certain card, it's like you have to draw from the naughty deck. A great point to that as well is like, you know, think of uh, Monopoly where there's a community chest always good i don't think there's a bad card in community chess not not that i can i mean i'm always winning beauty contests <laughs> in that game. exactly um, i'm always passing go and getting that 200 200 pounds um but the you know the chance deck is something where it is a lot more swingy there are a lot of really good cards in the chance deck some that are just way better than community chess there are some yeah. that are like so so good or bad but there are some really really bad cards in there you know there's a card that's like go to jail so like, okay yeah. great and so you know in that sense you have to choose you, you get told which one you did but what if you always got a choice did you want to draw from the one that's always good but it's never going to be blow your socks off or if you're in a dire straits and someone's going to win and you're like i could probably get something i need what if there was an, another alluring push your luck deck which has got big good things and really naughty bad things in there too yeah definitely that's a really nice way of doing it and also just the deck getting smaller so is it is the deck running out are you is this a game where you say when the deck runs out no more cards to draw that's either the end of the game or you have to just stick with what you've got so that is another way of changing how it feels is it a timer or yeah. is it is it ticking down towards something you know, Gloomhaven obviously is the is the king of this where, you know, your cards in your hand is everything you could do. You could do everything from the beginning, but you're, it, it forms a sort of deck of discard piles almost. And in those sense, like, that deck's dwindling and that's when you, you fail, you, you die. Um, but a really common trigger as well is the game ends when the deck runs out. Like, it's either when someone wins or your fallback is always when the deck runs out. <laughs> As designers, that's your get out of jail free card. You know it can only last so long if people are gathering an average amount of cards over an average amount of time. You know it's not going to be six hours for your 54 card game unless it's a very slow card draw game. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, you know, it's a standard. Everyone kind of has a standard way that they want to do this. I do think it's very much influenced by the, the standard deck of playing cards. I think it's a really good place to start. But, like, you know, um, I guess, like, as a sort of little final point, Chris, you know, uh, what... Why? Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we all get stuck on one thing with the deck? You know, the deck is such a flexible tool. Why do we, we stick to our laurels? I think it's based, as we said previously, it's based on people's experiences. Um, and what's interesting is the more you move into kind of the publishing side of things, the more you realise there are other reasons for having decks of a certain size. It could be your manufacturer makes deck makes cards in sheets of a certain amount of cards and if you suddenly go over by one card you're then paying for a whole other sheet of cards it could be that i'm button shy games and my whole jam is 18 card games so mm -hmm. my deck is never going to be bigger than 18 cards in fact it's probably going to be smaller because i'm going to need to do something with the cards that mm -hmm. i'm holding yeah and um, so that is one example where actually people can think about the design and the size of the like deck they're creating in advance with those mm -hmm. things in mind but don't let those completely constrain what you do because there's ways of getting around those things yeah absolutely and i think this is like a final point to that yeah i'll mirror that it's basically what we're aiming to do with this whole little series where we're starting off small we're gonna get bigger don't you worry it's gonna happen we're gonna be setting setting sail we're gonna be all hands on deck to the big stuff but the whole point with this is that there's a lot of times when as a designer i can feel like something ain't right but therefore i need to do a whole huge change like just change loads of stuff but who knows 
maybe a little band-aid have you you know spend a bit of time just sort of see if you could tweak a little part of the hand the deck and uh, and all the elements we're going to be covering soon um to see if that's the secret sauce that's all you needed you know just a little bit of love well rob this brings us to a close and uh i'm gonna say goodbye to you so goodbye <laughs> and i'll see you over the horizon round the bend and at boardgamebud.com Oh, it's been a pleasure, Chris. I'm going to say goodbye to you too. And I'll see you at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thank you very much. This has been a 10-minute design chat on the deck. Thank you for listening. And what would happen if you fiddled with your deck a little bit more, you saucy minx?